We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Welcome to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. I'm here with who I think is the busiest guy in Rams podcasting, and that is our own Derek Ciapala. How you doing, Derek? Busy. What makes you think that? <laughs> I think you're on a record like 15 podcasts a week or something like that. Um, you know, you're on more podcasts weekly than Alabama and Clemson have played in national championships, which is happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that one's uh. Heck of a game already. Good gosh. Yeah, just put it on. Only the top of the second quarter already, 14-13. But uh, if you're missing this one, I'm sure you'll be able to watch the same game for the next five years. So I, I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's Until nuts, Nick man. Saban retires, right? Yeah, and you know, until Clemson's conference gets better, which they won't. But uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of you guys are watching this. But obviously, since we're recording this right now, these won't be – interfering with each other but and we got some stuff to talk about a lot of stuff but before we do guys you know where you can find us itunes soundcloud stitcher iHeartRadio, google play android player from spotify and iBeat radio they're airing our shows wednesdays saturdays and sundays at 10 a.m pacific time wherever you're following us guys give us a review give us five stars 
Uh, and don't forget to listen to our other shows, Rampage Radio, and of course, Budding, or this is Budding Heads, of course, Rams Talk Radio with Derek. Derek, what, what do you got lined up for this week? I know you're recording after this. Oh, we're recording a couple of different podcasts this week. Uh, I, I'm still working on guests. I have Bobby Bell from Cowboys Cast coming on later this week. And tonight when we record, it's a family night. We're going to um, really talk about Rams and the family life. Like, And what I mean by that is looking at the family history of a couple of our biggest uh, Rams fans we know and how it's adapted over to a lifestyle. So it's kind of a different podcast. We have a lot of stuff coming later in the week, and we wanted to kind of talk about uh, what it really means to be a Rams fan and what it does within the home life. I'm probably rambling now, but you'll know what I'm talking about when you listen. I like that. Like this has been – honestly, this is going to be a family week for me too. Uh, my brother, he's a big football fan. He gets very stressed out watching football when he watches fam- fantasy players and all that. And his team, he doesn't really like watching his team play around other people. And luckily for him, we're going on a trip this weekend, and he just happens to be a Cowboys fan. So he is not excited that we are going to be watching this game together. So I've been dubbing the game Ribeiro Bowl all week. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Ribeiro Bowl, yeah, it's, he, he's not thrilled that well, we're watching it together. But I'm excited because it'll be fun, and if we lose, I'm going to be mad either way. <laughs> but uh, well, somebody had I to die. Like what you say? I was going to say, I look like this. I'm... I'm not lying, man. I'm indoctrinating my daughter to be Rams fans. I'm full commie indoctrination here, okay? Brainwashing. But tonight we have Sal Martinez coming on. Um, he and his daughter have this long-standing bond over Rams football. On the flip side of it, Norm is bringing his son on, and Norm's son wound up being, I believe, a Packers fan. So we're going to ask, how the heck did that family tree break apart? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I, we just thought it'd be an interesting way to kind of get into the playoff feeling, just bringing it back to what it's about. It's about family and family and football. It's what's always been in my family. And uh, so there we go. Hey, I'm excited to listen to that. You know, my, my dad's a Vikings fan. Obviously, as I said, my brother's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Rams fan. So I don't think because of how I was raised, I can force my kid to be a Rams fan, but I'm definitely going to push him in that direction. But, um, you know, speaking of fandoms, I so. Somebody had to die to make a bearable happen, and that was sadly, not sadly for us, the Chicago Bears. Now, I talked about, I went on a rant on this show with Johnny a couple weeks back about how over Nick Foles I am. So this game kind of tore me apart because on the one hand, I didn't want to play the Bears, and I went to college in the Midwest. I have a lot of friends that are Bears fans. I like talking smack to them, especially after that beating they put on us. On the flip side... This game would just be fueling the Nick Foles mania for years to come if they won. But I was very torn going into it, but within five minutes, I was getting stressed out at the fact that the Eagles might lose because, man, I I did not want to play the Bears. And that the doink-to-doink yep. play, man, I, I don't know about you. I was so relieved after that game. I don't, how did you feel watching this game? I wanted the Bears to win. Really? I well, yeah, and Norm and I are going to bicker about this tonight because he feels differently. He's much more confident in the Dallas matchup. But for me, Dallas is an unknown. Dallas is a team that has the, the tools to give us problems. But we at least Chicago has the same thing, and Chicago actually has more speed on defense than mess with us. But we know who they are. We know exactly who they are. We And we don't, you know, we have film for the Cowboys, but we haven't played them. So 
I was more confident about playing Chicago at home than I am right now about the Cowboys. Cowboys, like you said, Cowboys are what eight and one in their last nine. Eight and one in their last nine games. Yeah, they've been hot. Uh, they beat the Saints, obviously, which was you know probably their their marquee win of the season. Um, but they're the only team that's beaten the Saints since Week One, right? Yeah, but I also think too. I think they're they're watching, they're looking, they're going to look at the Giants' film, they're going to look at the Colts' film, and they're going to see what those two teams did. And, you know, the Giants got moved the ball on them, and the Colts shut them out. So I'm, I'm betting they're looking at those games specifically and trying to find a game plan that's going to work. I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. By the way, it's not that I don't want to play the Cowboys. It's just that I was more comfortable with Bears. Yeah, the Bears. It's it's weird because they our offense did absolutely nothing against their defense. But at the same time, it was literally the worst game of Jared Goff's career. I think it's safe to say. I didn't really pour through his rookie season when I uh, talked about that a couple weeks ago. But at least since Jared Goff has been good, it was by far the worst game he's played. <laughs> he's been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I think both of us have went over the Jared Goff rookie year thing. You know, it's a wash. Uh, it was He got thrown into a bad situation in a bad system. You know, Todd Gurley couldn't run for a thousand yards in that offense. What's Jared Goff gonna do? Um, but yeah, since he's been good, as I like to say, uh, that was that was his worst game. So you got to think that he won't play that bad again. But on the flip side, with the Bears, that defense, that pass rush, and against the run, they just absolutely tore us apart. And I don't think like a Colt being back in warm weather would ultimately fix that. Um, the the offensive line, they, they've showed their age in the past couple weeks. And not that the Cowboys' defense isn't good. They're very good. But Khalil Mack's not going to be on the other side of the ball. Keem Hicks isn't going to be on the other side of the ball. I feel a little better going against that defense I do against this one. Even though the Bears' offense is terrible. We saw it. They were bad against us. They were bad last week. It would have been nice to play them again because the Dallas offense is definitely better than them while not perfect. Uh, Dallas is a little bit more balanced of a team, but I think our strength is an offense, and I just feel better about our offense against their defense, even though it's a very good defense. Well, and there's one thing that I guess I need to acknowledge about the Bears, at least. I don't know if you caught it, because I hadn't noticed it, and I feel like an idiot for not noticing it. But during the introductions, when they went through the PFF ratings on, on all the players, man, the the defensive backfield for the Bears was on point like highly ranked across the board corners safety free you know strong safety safety and in the course of that game there really wasn't too much that Nick Foles did you know they, there wasn't really a massive big play there, there weren't if anything the Bears got the big plays that kept them in it in the passing game the Eagles just chipped away and 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 got it with the win but the Bears' secondary was very, very good, and I'm actually more confident against the Cowboys' secondary than I am the Bears' secondary. Yeah, 100%. So, so that's for what it's worth. And I think we – I know this. I don't know if you know this deep down, but Nick Foles, I don't care what he does. I He's not He's not a good NFL quarterback. I don't know how he won that Super Bowl MVP, but we watched him for an entire season. He, he's definitely calmed down a little bit, but – you still watch him play, and like half the throws he makes, you're just like, "How is this guy in the league?" And then occasionally he'll have what he did in the Super Bowl last year. I know he did that once or twice when he was in horns, but 
<laughs> obviously the the Bears defense is great the Eagles offense isn't and they shut up to play and it's I don't know how the Eagles walked out of there with a win uh given that you know, their defense played well but their offense really didn't do much it's it's kind of I don't I don't understand how they won that game I well, I still I'll can't believe it to you I'll explain it to you you know the the Eagles just had what the, the Eagles had the edge in one area that's they've been there and done that this was the Falcons game last year. What were the Eagles going to worry about? They weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. But here they are defending champions. They've been there. They've, done, they've been the underdog before. They were underdog in the playoffs last year without their quarterback. And also with Nick Foles, he's been there. And we're talking about what he is, is he an NFL quarterback or not? Well, in the right system, this is what people have said about Goff, right? Goff is a system quarterback. Well, that's exactly what Foles is. You put in the right system, he'll be successful. That's why he threw for what four sixty five a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you put in the right system us. with the right people around him. Yeah, with the right people around him, he'll be fine. You put him in the wrong system, i.e., anything coached by Jeff Fisher, then it's not going to work out for you. This is <laughs> how it is. Yeah, you know, nobody's going to be successful on Jeff Fisher, but Nick Foles needed need to be in that kind of offense to, to be successful, and he has been. Luckily for him. Yeah, he is. It's, it's crazy that they're still going. And I think, you know, to put a bow on the Bears season, they got compared to the Rams in the preseason when they started last year's Rams compared to this year's Bears. People were throwing out that comparison in the preseason when Nagy got hired, uh, a young quarterback coming off a of so-so year, uh, you know, some stars on defense. Then they bring in Khalil Mack and they start doing good. The Rams comparisons continue and fittingly, it ended just like our season did last year with a a game where special teams ultimately one or two plays cost you the game. And it was a young team that hadn't been there before, like you said, and that's where that's where they ended up. So hopefully our season doesn't go the way that it did last year. And I, I think we can get into that, Derek. But before we do, let's just throw a shout out to one of our sponsors quick. Guys, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn a bit, a bit about more about the Rams' history with a bit of a personal touch, you can check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Guys, these are some legit players that were on this team. You're going to learn about guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter, and Hawk's story that spans the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, this book is worth every penny for any Rams fan out there, and even if you're just a fan of good books, this is a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. And guys, trust me, check it out. Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk is well worth your time. All right, so this was one thing me and Johnny were going to talk about last week, and I kind of forgot to mention it. Johnny is in Las Vegas this week at CES, so that's obviously why he's not here. We got Derek filling in. But uh, our friend Cam DeSilva at Ramswire published an article last week or two weeks ago looking at what the Rams have done historically with first round buys. So let me read these off. 1978, 
They lost in the conference championship, 79. They lost in the Super Bowl, 85. They lost in the conference championship, 99. Won the Super Bowl, 2001, lost the Super Bowl, and 2003, lost in the divisional round. So, 03 was the only time they've had a first round bye and lost in the first round or second round. Unfortunately, that was most recent. But I mean, three out of six times they played in the Super Bowl, five out of six times conference championship. I mean, I know this is kind of meaningless, but Derek, you know, you've you've seen a lot of these games. I mean, how comfortable do you feel about a Rams team playing it through first round by? I'm not very comfortable about it. it. Has nothing to do with history. Has anything to do with we haven't seen what they do after a bye really in the Sean McVay era. And what I mean by that is after every bye, we've seen them on, whether it be last year, this year, they just haven't played well. And we haven't seen them play off by. I'll tell you what I am concerned, what, what I do know is they were handled pretty well in that Rams-Falcons game. So I have a lot of question marks, and I have a lot of thoughts that are running through my head about uh, about Sean McVay, his material level as a coach, which, by the way, it's great. Don't, don't think I'm criticizing. I'm just saying where he is right now in his progression as a coach and getting this team ready because we haven't been there before. No, that's – like, you know, let, me, let me throw this at you, okay? And I'm going to throw it to the other, guy, other guys later. If the Rams lose this game, McVay will be 0-2 in the playoffs with two home losses. Things will change real quick, won't it? Yeah. I, I think I still think, you know, the rational people like us it's two games. You know, it's it's bad that they lost those two games, but at the same time the the Falcons were coming off a Super Bowl loss, you know, they had something to improve. They didn't want to go out in the first round. Um Dallas, while they're also an inexperienced team, they you know, they they didn't win the first year with Dak. They had a bye and lost in the playoffs and the lost to Green Bay, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so I mean they're they have just as much playoff experience as us, but they're also a good team. I think the buzz around Sean McVay will definitely get a little more negative after that. You know, the it's kinda if, let's say if there if. Yeah. Like, and no, I I don't know about you. I think we're both feel like we will win, but obviously you're op, you're cautiously optimistic because uh, this team, as a whole, hasn't looked great since the bye week. They, like you said, historically during the McVay era, they have not played well after bye weeks. Um, you know, last year they basically had a first round bye because they threw away the last game of the season, and they came out sloppy against the Falcons. This year, they play probably still the game of the year against Kansas City. Have a bye, come back. Don't look great against the Lions look even worse against the Bears and then drop another game to the Eagles. So it, it, it's tough, man. It's I I think that's a great point. Like people will definitely be getting negative about Sean McVay if they lose this game. And I don't I think it's it'll be somewhat justified, but not enough to be like, you know, can him or anything oh, like that, but it, well, not can him, but it will be justified. Right. I'll tell you why. The Rams go out there and spend all the, all that money use all that draft capital to get these players, the same result would be a loss in their first game of the playoffs. Yeah. Same result. Better record, but same result. So I think I'm not trying to be that guy to add the pressure. I don't think that. But it's just the nature of the game. I've watched 
I've watched the media, especially, go after coaches like this throughout my entire life. And they'll read much more into it other than the fact that, you know what, maybe that day such and such a team was better. Do I believe last year's Atlanta Falcons were a better team than the Rams? No, I don't. But they were more mature. They had a great game plan. And, you know, things changed when Michael Brockers went out of the game. You know, a couple of mistakes by the now duly departed Farrell Cooper. What happens if those mistakes don't happen? Totally different game. So those are mistakes that are beyond Coach McVay's control. Say can happen this week. I just, but if after this game, the record sheet says 0-2 in playoffs for Sean McVay, there's going to be a lot more criticism on his shoulders, especially after all the capital used to build this roster. Well, I think, too, if, if depending on how they lose, because you mentioned how much they spent to build up this roster, a lot of those guys haven't been on Sean McVay's side of the ball. And I think that criticism will probably fall in Wade's way too if he if it ends up being a shootout in which the Rams lose like, I don't know, 38, 35 or something like that. Because Wade, I think, I think we've kind of criticized him this year, but, you know, he's still a legend and rightfully so. You know, he's proven he could win Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. But we really haven't gotten the most out of a lot of these guys on defense and no, honestly, I think it's a good segue to there's guys on defense that are going to have to be very good in this game to win. And, you know, guys that we are a little bit suspect this year. So I want to talk about, you know, some of these new and old acquisitions. And if you think they could step up and you know, help us win this game. And the first one I think is Aqib Tlaib, who has been the defense as a whole has been much, much better with him in the lineup it's undebatable uh if you look at the numbers it's insane with and without him how the past defense have played part of that has been who we've played but one of the teams we played with him was the terrible Oakland Raiders way back in week one who still had Amari Cooper on the team and that I think is going to be the guy Keith Tlaib gets this week is Amari Cooper who's obviously had a resurgence since going to Dallas now Tlaib since he came back the only really rough game he had was the Eagles game where Alshon Jeffrey beat him up a little bit. But even in that game, he did bounce back. How are you, How confident are you in Aqib Tlaib handling uh, Amari Cooper in this game? Let me ask you a question. Is Derek Carr, in your mind, a better quarterback right now than Dak Prescott? No. I. Wow. It's <laughs> No, I don't think so. Honestly, don't. No. Okay, so there's that factor from that Raiders game. All right, and I don't. I mean, Derek Carr is so inconsistent. I can't really even tell you to be honest with you. So you look at that Raiders game, the scheme of that game, where how Mark Cooper is being used. Well, we, one thing we do know is Dallas is using Mark Cooper much differently. Right. He he is becoming the deep threat he was always meant to be, and so it's going to be interesting to me to see how Aqib Talib plays up with him. I, so honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Two years ago, I would have thought that no problem, because we saw it with Denver and Oakland. But Tilly's two years older. He's got, you know, whatever. I'm not sure how much his ankle is even bothering him if it's not or not. But he's still, again, two years older. 
I'm not sure what to expect. I'm not sure how I expect him to exhibit leadership on the field, which is what the Rams weren't getting from that secondary without him there. That's what I expect him to do. And even if it gets burned once in a while, if he can exhibit leadership to keep that secondary together, because that secondary, the biggest problem with the Rams secondary this year has not been Marcus Peters having some issues with man coverage. The biggest problem that secondary has been in communication and being where you're supposed to be overall as a unit. That's been their problem. If Tlaib can help solve that, they're going to be fine. The talent's there. You and I both know. I mean, I call this unit the most, the deepest, most talented unit in the league in the preseason. And I'm not, in terms of the personnel, I still believe it. But they haven't played like it. And if they haven't played like it, that's not who they are. Yeah, it's... So, it's interesting, man, because it, like this secondary should be way better than it's been. But even with Talib, who's he's looked like he's aged a little bit this year, the pass defense has still been all in all pretty solid. I mean, with with Talib in the lineup, the most passing yards they've given up were three hundred against the Oakland Raiders. Um, he got hurt against Minnesota, right, or the game before? He wasn't he didn't, actually, wasn't. Yeah, did they get hurt during the early part of the San Diego game? Uh, the Los Angeles game. He and Peters game. got. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, I'm calling them San Diego, dude. I don't acknowledge them. <laughs> yeah, I think I you're right. You know, so I give I give Garrett Sissy all kinds of problems with that when he comes on the show. <laughs> I mean, st- they're still the same charge to me. But I think it was early in the game for both him and Peters, if you remember correctly. We lost them both. Yeah, I believe you're right. So I mean. 300 yards against Oakland is the most that the Rams defense has given up passing-wise with Tlaib in the lineup. Uh, the Eagles were 270 uh, last week against the 49ers, 264. So, I mean, this secondary has been pretty good with Tlaib out there because I think even if he's not completely locking down the one receiver, and I think he'll do a good job against Mark Cooper. I'm sure he'll get beat once or twice, but Peters, when he's you know the second guy in the secondary, as he's been with Tlaib really, He's been very good. I think um, since that game against Michael Thomas where he just got – there's no way to defend his Orch. performance. Yeah, one of the worst cornerback performances of the year probably. He's been good. You know, We haven't talked about him a ton because he hasn't given us any reason to talk about him. He's just – he's done what he's supposed to do out there. And I think against the pass, I think the secondary is going to play well this week. Now, what really concerns me is the running – game over there in Dallas. Uh, obviously, the line isn't what it was due to injuries and whatnot, but it's still a good offensive line with some elite-level talent up there. And with the NFL's leading rusher in Ezekiel Elliott, who's you know right up there with Todd Gurley, he's one of the best in the league. Obviously, the defensive line is going to be a part of stopping the run, but the linebackers are a big part of that too. And in a little bit, we'll talk about what it means for Todd Gurley going up against the Cowboys' very good linebacking core. Our linebacking core is not that good. Um, I I think I struggle to see a world where we shut down Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe we contain him, but, I mean, are you confident in this matchup at all? No, and it's the primary reason why I did not want to play the Cowboys. If there's anybody on our staff that knows Ezekiel Elliott, it's me. And... I'll, I'm going to get some folks mad at me when I, when I say this, but he, as a rusher, let me say it again, as a rusher, is better than Todd Gurley. 
He has a unique vision with the football to hit the hole and know where to go to adjust. Todd has those things too. He's just not as good. Todd overall, to me, as an all-around back is better. But as a pure rusher, that's what Ezekiel is. And you put that guy up against that front seven right now, he's going to slice them up. He is. What we, ha- what we need to see is can those linebackers step in and hit those gaps? That's been the problem with the Rams fundamentally. They're not hitting gaps properly. They're not holding the edge. Basically, they're, they're having a problem with fundamental football. And if that's the case, where will they be mentally on Saturday night? That's that's it. We, yeah, it's... I don't like the odds of that. Okay, so what the Rams, to me, will have to do, what they really have to do is pra- play a game of ball control themselves. To me, the game plan has to be, let's keep Ezekiel Elliott on the bench. Let's keep that Dallas offense off the field. Let's keep them from getting the rhythm, keep them from wearing our front seven, especially our front, our front defensive lineman, Donald and Sue and Brockers and all everybody on rotation. If you can do that, the Rams will win this game. They're going to have to be very, very ball controlled to win this game. They're not, they can't go down there and score 55 points. The defense won't be able to keep, it'll be another, it, it, it's not one that won't happen, but they're going to have to really control the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to, like I said, ball control. That's how they win this game. And the, the Rams' run defense hasn't been very good all year, honestly. They're, they've given up the 10th most rushing yards in the league, and obviously the Cowboys have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. Uh, as you mentioned, Ezekiel, it may very well be the best purely in the sense of running the football, running back in the league. Um, I I think, gun to my head, I probably agree with your assessment, although it's close. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley, it is close. And don't yeah. don't think I'm selling Todd short short at all. I think it's close. Um, it's just that, just the pure running and what he can do with the football, he he just has a unique vision that even Todd even Todd doesn't have. Todd has good vision. We're talking like beyond good. I mean, this is Superman vision I'm talking about with with Ezekiel Elliott. Go yeah. back over the years, look at him in against Alabama and the Sugar Bowl against Oregon, since he's entered the league. Uh, there's very few people like him in the NFL today, and I'm trying to think of a good comparison to the 90s and 2000s. It's hard to really – I mean, he's really very unique in his build and structure. He's a great player. Now, the silver lining for the Rams in this, I think, is they have gotten torched in the running game and won games this year. And ironically, that's – what happened against Seattle twice? I mean, they're two or two out of their three worst uh, performances against the run for Seattle and Seattle, and most notably in LA, they gave up 273 yards to the Seahawks on the ground and still walked out of there with a win. And in Seattle, they gave up 190 and walked out of there with a win. Um, and their other bad rushing uh, performance against the run was in Chicago. Obviously, we lost that game, but I mean. It's hard to fault the defense for that loss. They played a hell of a game. So I I still I think they are going to get beat up by Zeke. But like you said, they control the clock when they have the ball. And if if they can stop the pass, which I think they can, honestly, there's still a path to winning this game and a pretty clear path in my opinion. Um, but 
we mentioned they got to control the clock, and I mean the Cowboys linebacking core is very good. The Cowboys defense against the run has in the last couple weeks been one of the better units in the league. They have given up under a hundred yards in every game but two in their eight and one stretch. The only ones were the Giants that you mentioned. Uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the league. And Indianapolis, in the game where they got shut out, the Colts ran for 178 yards. Now, Marlon Mack, I think, is an underrated player, but, I mean, he's not it's hard, He's not in the upper echelon of running backs in the league. And, and he ran for he ran 27 times for 139 yards and two touchdowns in that win. So, Derek, do you, are you confident that the Rams could be the third team in that run to go over 100 yards and for Tiger Lee to have the day he needs to have for us to comfortably control this game? Yeah, I am. I am. I, and I'm, I'm a big believer right now in using a two running back set. You have a guy who's basically one of the freshest players in the league in C.J. Anderson. Run them over. Stress that defensive line. Wear them out. Keep keep that Dallas offense off the field. That's the clear cut way to just wear them down. You got two great running backs. You can work in there. Well, one elite and one pretty sick and good. Let me be fair here. No, let me, let me not. I'm a big CJ Anderson fan. In case you couldn't tell, I've really been impressed with the way he plays the game and how he handles it. Yeah. How can so, I mean, I think with that in mind, you, you have two healthy guys. You run pretty deep there. This, this Rams team is still very good running the football if they open the holes, okay? If they're if they're on. Pass, pass protection is still shaky. We saw that in the 49er game. But run the football. Run. And I think they'll be successful. And they have to be committed to it. That's the big problem Sean McVay has. He does not commit to running the football the way he needs to. But we saw him do that in both the Arizona game and in the 49er game, and look what happened. Now, again, I know it's Cardinals and 49ers, but you get my point. Yeah, and honestly, since the bye, the run, I think, has been good. I think the Eagles game, it's, I mean, outside of Chicago where nothing was good, the Eagles game, it's hard to really assess because Todd Gurley got hurt in that game, and even though he came back, they weren't going to feed him like they were that first drive where it felt like he was getting the ball every play. So I think... Sean McVay knows that they have to get the running game going if they want to be successful. And he he committed to it the last two weeks without Todd Gurley. And now he's got two guys, like you said. And the good thing with Anderson is when Malcolm Brown would come onto the field, you, you kind of knew that he probably wasn't getting the ball, even though he would occasionally. I'm sure if you look at the numbers, he got the ball mm-hmm. not often when he was out there. When Anderson comes out there, they could run confidently. They could pass confidently because he's been great in pass protection. Even if he's not going to be going out there and catching a ton of balls, you, you can, it still could go either way. And that way the defense, they can't commit one way or another to what you're going to do when he comes onto the field. And I think we will see – I think on Butting Heads last week I said 70-30 Gurley to Anderson. And I think it'll be nice because Todd Gurley will be able to be fresh the whole game. There's no reason to overwork him. I think he'll be fine coming out because, you know, he's not pushing for records or anything. It's the playoffs. And I I do think that this off this running offense will be great. And um, 
yeah, it's why it's why I'm feeling good about this game. And I think more so than I would have against Chicago. It's it's gonna be fun to watch Gurley and Anderson play together. That's for sure. Well, the the one side of the game that concerns me though is it's the quarterback battle right now. I think Prescott is better than Trubisky, and yeah. I really feel like the Rams could take more advantage of that if they were playing the Bears. No, he's he's definitely better than Trubisky to me, especially um, he's played well during their winning streak. But I think the offense, the, the Cowboys' offense, scares me less than the Bears' defense does. And somehow, over since the bye, uh, the defense has probably been the strength of our team, which is kind of insane to think about considering how how many points were getting thrown at us before the bye. So I. I do feel good about our defense going to this game somehow. I think the edge rushers haven't been there, and I don't know if they will be, but even if they're not, I think the secondary will hold their own. Aaron Donald is is going to get his depending on how they use him. Um, obviously, the the Cowboys' offensive line is good, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm feeling good about them overall, and I think Goff, he needs to not turn over the football. That's been the biggest thing with him. And let let's we I want to just so we can just get into golf and get into some of the other stuff and make our prediction on this game. I do want to throw a shout out real quick here to the Golden Ram Barbershop, one of our sponsors. Guys, if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old school classic barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Zip code is 92683. Our friend Sal Martinez, who you'll hear on Ram Talk Radio with Derek. This week, opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis. He kept the lights on ever since. His team came back home to him, and obviously, he had to keep those doors open when that happened. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS so he can fit you in. Again, guys, 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you, and you'll get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, guys. Give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to Sal shop is worth it. Not only to enjoy all the great and spectacular Rams memorabilia you're going to find there, but Sal provides that old-school classic barbershop experience where he's going to talk Rams football with you and whatever else you want. Trust me, guys. You won't regret it. It's the Golden Ram Barbershop. All right, Derek, tell me real quick, how confident are you in Jared Goff going into this game? I mean, obviously... He didn't have a great run there since the bye week. He's improved a little bit over the past couple of weeks with the the running game getting back into it. But are you confident that he's going to be able to come out there and look even close to the golf that he was before the bye week? I don't. I don't compute. No, <laughs> uh, you know that might be the toughest question someone's asked me in a while because we just don't know in terms of how he's been in practice, how um, how the offensive line is feeling. Remember, that to me, the biggest issue with those offensive lines is they're, they're just older guys, and they lack some of the athleticism need, needed to deal with some of those guys on the edge. And that is my big concern coming into this game. It's not really Goff. If you can, Goff still looks a little weird right now. Look, he's, he's still looking a little nervous. And it's clear their offensive line will need some work this offseason. I think Sullivan's done. 
for example. I think he's gone. So I look at that and I go, is it about golf or is it about the offensive line? I think if the offensive line does their job, I think we'll see Goff. I think it'll be fine. If the offensive line cannot protect him, especially early in this game, Rams are in trouble. They're in big trouble. They have to, because he gets nervous. He feels it. Yeah, and that's why I'm happy we're not playing the Bears, because, like I said, the Cowboys have a very good defense, but I feel better about our line going up against them than we did against the Bears because they got absolutely ripped apart. And you got to hope that they could hold their own at least and give Goff some time because when he has time, um, you know, some of the throws he makes that are bad, I don't blame that fully on the offensive line, but I think he does get rushed, and I think he's more prone to making giving away the football when he's rushed. If we could just give him protection, I think the turnovers won't be there, and I think ultimately he will be able to make throws. Um, The Cowboys have a decent secondary um, but I think our receivers can perform well against them if if we get the time to get them the ball. Uh, the Cowboys, um, they are 12th in yards allowed against the pass, so they're good. They're right there with where we are, but I think we could take advantage of it if Goff gets the time, and more importantly, if the running game's going and the defense has to commit to stopping that. So it is tough because, man, he... He's looked iffy since that bye week. Um, he, the Eagles game was not great. The Bears game was brutal, but I don't think he'll perform as bad as he did against the Bears for a while. He's been better every week in terms of since in that terms game. Of his overall play. Now, the 49er game, that first half, this is what I think they really need to do. That first half, he was horrid until he got into a two-minute drill. Okay? So what, I, what I'd like to see them do is – when when things are a little rough, put them in two minute drill. Doesn't mean you can't run the ball there or you can't drain the clock there. It just means you get into the line, you get the ball out of there, and you let him get into his flow of the game. It's all about Jared Goff in those situations. You know, don't give him time to think about the rush coming. Don't give him time to worry about those things. You just play the game. And that's why I think the two minute drill worked for him against the 49ers. I think it settled his brain down. It gave him an opportunity to retool his mind and focus in and, and you know, get over the rush he was feeling. Because he wasn't feeling a too bad a rush. They were getting to him early, and he started throwing off his back foot again. He's a young quarterback, and I get tired of people going after Goff like he, he's some horrible quarterback all of a sudden. No, he, what he is, he's a young quarterback who has not been there for 100 games, who hasn't felt every different type of pressure he hasn't seen every play and so yeah he's gonna get a little weird back there who wouldn't it's the nfl you got 285 pound defensive ends who can run fast and you chasing you down i mean i I, i'd be nervous too we're talking about yeah i would i mean we're talking about a guy here who threw for nearly 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions this year. So his bad games, yeah, they've been bad, and we can't afford him to have uh, a noticeably bad game in the playoffs if we want to win. But for the most part well, yeah. this year, he's been the the pro bowler that he was voted to. I mean, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think you're right. He's gotten better every game since the bye, or not since the bye, since the Bears game where he was bad. But you can't forget that even though he's 
he's cooled off a little. This is still the same guy who had one of the best quarterbacking performances of the year against the Chiefs. You know, had had a and stretch. The Chiefs rushed him. Yeah, they were going after him, and he he was able to compete. I mean, he had a stretch where he threw for seventeen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, and one interception over a five game stretch. I mean, those numbers are incredible, and. I think he'll be closer to that than he will be closer to the quarterback we saw in the last couple weeks, assuming the line can at least hold their ground. And assuming the Eagles don't win, the defense, the pass rushes at least that we will play don't frighten me. I think he, the line can hold their own over the next two weeks if, if they win this game and then end up with the Saints. And obviously there's a lot of other concerns against the Saints that we're not going to get into this week. We're not going to count our chickens before they hatch, but... I, I overall I just I feel cautiously optimistic about I feel like everything about this team right now and I don't know why because all they've had over the past two weeks is two wins against bad teams but I it's just bad teams but I you know there, there needs to be a little bit of an asterisk there when it comes to San Francisco because they gave a whole lot of good teams a lot of problems yeah right and so I don't want to forget that yep you know? they they beat Seattle uh, they almost beat the Bears I mean. For us to come out there and kind of smack them defensively like we did, that that definitely has to make you feel good. All right, Derek, I, I just have a hunch about this game. There's, there's two things I want to talk about before we make our predictions. First is I just need to get this out there because I think it's going to happen. It's kind of a meaningless throwaway comment, but I think Tavon Austin is scoring a punt return this week. I don't know why. Watching that game last week, I could just feel it, man. He's going to score against us, and I, we're all going to be furious. Um... No, I don't think the Rams pick so. <laughs> well, the Rams know his strengths and weaknesses, and so I don't think the Rams will even kick to him. I think they'll go the opposite way. But you know, you get the best player in the league. Yeah, that's true. It was fitting. I just... what... Yeah, I don't care what any coaching staff or fan base says because you know it's kind of ridiculous that Johnny Hecker is in the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't care what he says. You get the best player in the league, and I'm not really worried about him at all. I'm I'm not even worried about him being on the other sideline at all. I don't know. I just, it's just a hunch. I'm not really worried about him, but I don't know. Yeah, There's a point I wanted to make. I want to back up. Please allow me to back up. Go ahead. Back to Goff. Okay, real quick. And I, I just wanted to, to keep this thought here. We're seeing Goff make throws that no quarterback in Rams history has made since Warner. As good as Bulger was, Goff makes throws that even Bulger wasn't making. Okay, and we're going to have to deal with the bad to get the good when it comes to him. In three, four years, we're going to have a, a fully veteran Goff as long as he's protected. We're also going to have a David Carr Goff. Okay, we don't want David Carr Goff. We want Jared Goff, the one we, we drafted. So folks who want to trash him, I mean, go back when he's on. I mean, you could see in the Chiefs game. Who in Rams history can you remember making some of those throws? That accurate, that well thrown, even on deep balls. They they were insane, man. And okay. if you're going to get 12 very good games from Goff and four bad games, it it is what it is. You you take that with any with any player on a team, you take 12 good games and four bad games, no matter what the position is. And I think quarterbacks no different. Okay, so now that I've got that off my chest, go. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say 
say about Tavon. It was fitting to see him get a punt return touchdown called back, as he did many times <laughs> with the Rams. <laughs> Poor guy. Right. I was happy for him when they got the when he got the nice return and it wasn't called back. I was happy for him. Yeah, I mean, I like him. He just we overpaid him, and it. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind him being our punt returner right now, but it is what it is. He's gone. We should never give him that huge contract. You never know. He might be back next year. I I would I'd be okay with it. Um, the, this is another thing we have to throw out there because I saw it today. The Rams announced they were wearing their throwback uniforms, their best jersey for sure. But when you're playing the Cowboys and you usually wear your white jerseys whenever you can, if you're not wearing the throwback, why aren't you wearing your white jerseys, man? The Cowboys hate wearing their blue jerseys that, that infuriated me when I saw that. And I love the throwbacks, but come on, you know, your you know, your opponent, they've won once. In their blue jerseys, which I was informed that it was against the Rams in the conference championship. But they've only won once in those jerseys in the playoffs, if the stat I saw is true. Um, you know what, man? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't You know, the whole – this isn't about the Cowboys for me. This is about the Rams. In that blue jersey, that throwback jersey in a playoff game against the – against Dallas, the team that you've played so many times in the playoffs over the years, and you haven't played her since 1985. I want them in those jerseys. I want them in those throwback jerseys. They need to be in those jerseys. That That's the Rams I, I remember, and that's the Rams I want to see in the field. I don't want to see the blue and white. I don't want to see the old St. Louis colors. No offense to anybody in St. Louis. It's just this is what I want to see because that's they never should have changed from those colors. That's, those always should be the colors. You know how I feel about this. That uniform is a legacy uniform. That uniform, to me, ranks up there with the Steelers. It ranks up there with the Packers, the Bears, in terms of legacy uniforms that never should have been changed and never should have been messed with. You go out there and you wear that uniform in that game. That's how I view it. I get it, man, but this is really not about us to me and about the Cowboys. Screw the Cowboys on this, man. No. They made us wear those awful freaking uniforms last year down there. Remember that? (laughs) Do you not remember those? Oh, my gosh. But you don't have to. Wear your uniform. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I I'm not going to argue too much on that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to give me a prediction on this show, or are you saving it for I would, show? I would like to save it for the show. I will say this. It's going to be uh, It's going to be the 20s. It's going to yeah. be up 20s. Well, I, I agree with you. My prediction was 27 to 20, which is in line with the surprising seven-point spread that we got, uh, which I, I didn't. I was kind of surprised we got that many points in this game, but I'm fine with that. I think 27 to 20. I think while Ezekiel Elliott has a great game against us, I think we get the job done against the pass, maybe force a big turnover or two. And I think that whether it's Todd Gurley or Jared Goff, at least one facet of the offense is going to get going in a big way. And I think they win this game and I don't know who is going to win the other game. And, <laughs> it's weird because we're either playing the Saints, who I think are clearly the best team in the conference, or the Eagles, who if they win that game, man, God help everyone because who knows what? Well, who knows? In my view, the NFC, the NFC champion is going to be Super Bowl champion this year. I think the NFC is far and away the better conference. I think we saw over the weekend for that matter. I think we really did. That's they're better offensively, better defensively. We I mean, look at that Bears Eagles game again. That was a great game. That Seahawks-Cowboys, great game. We had great games this weekend. 
You can't really say that about the AFC. Like the the NFL champions come from the NFC this year. Well, you could also make the case that the Colts and the Chargers are the second and third best teams in the AFC and are both very good teams. The Colts are arguably the hottest team in the league right now. I mean, they're on fire. Uh, yeah, but on the same token, you had a Houston team that had fallen apart in that matchup. And then the, the Ravens, I'm going to say this and hot take it all you want. That team was overrated to begin with. The, the NFC North was not what we're used to seeing. The you know they were overrated. Good defense, though. But was the game against San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I I, I think it's going to be us or the Saints winning the Super Bowl. But I do think that that Colts team is really good, and that Chargers team is really good. And there's a chance it's an all LA Super Bowl because I, I'm not a believer in the Patriots, and we'll we'll see. I think the I'll Chargers might. Right now. Yeah, the Chargers might give them the business. All right, that's all I got. I'm mean, I'm done talking, man. I, yeah, I have nothing else for you. Uh, you've bled me dry. Hey, we're getting you. We're getting you out before your time, Derek. Um, I'm I'm proud of myself <laughs> for getting you in and out on my podcast. Thank you for coming on. And of course, if you wanna follow Derek on Twitter, follow him at DC Apollo. You can follow me at Steve Ribeiro. You can talk to or you can follow us on Rams Talk at Talk Rams and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. If you're not in the Rams Talk room on Facebook, guys, find one of us. Let us get you access into there. Uh, it's a great group. It's where you're going to be talking to us and a lot of other Rams fans that you know, everyone wants to talk about the Rams. And, of course, wherever you're getting our, your podcast from us, be sure to give us five stars. All the reviews help. Subscribe. Download our episodes, yada, yada. You know, y'all know the drill. Um, Derek, any parting thoughts for butting heads in? I think this is your second appearance on the show. Uh, I don't know. I lost count. I can't count past three. So <laughs> for, for me, this game again, run the football. Control the clock. Control the clock. You win. That's, that's what I'm calling it. Pray for me in Ribeiro Bowl. And if Tavon Austin <laughs> scores, uh, you know you know why, because I predicted it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll give you props of what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. For Derek C. What? Derek C. Apollo. Derek. For Derek C. Apirla, this is Steve Ribeiro signing off. We'll talk to you guys, hopefully previewing the NFC Championship next week. Peace. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.